Matt Lautner coming to you from Laval, Wisconsin. Just left Josh Nagels and heading towards Shea Gefferts. And today is Saturday, May 7th. I'm being uh, joined today by legend of the industry, Mike Widener. And we could talk about a lot of the things that Mike Widener has done during his legendary career. But I guess we'll start with some of the basics. Mike Widener is the owner of Top Sires, located just outside of Chicago to the west in a, what town, Mike? Maple Park. Maple Park, Illinois. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to learn a lot about this, a lot about Top Sires and Mike today, just like the listeners will, because I don't know the origin story. Uh, I know, I've known Mike since about 2000-ish time frame, whenever old Heat Wave came on the scene. But, uh, Mike, just off of my basic memory, has owned several of the most dominant bloodlines of bulls over the last 25 years during my career. And you can correct me if I miss one, Mike, but uh, just off the top of my head. Heat Wave, Patty O'Malley, I-80, Chopper, the Scimitol Bull, and Double Trouble, the Shorthorn Bull. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, legendary Double Trouble, son of uh, Double Vision, correct? Right. I was born in, actually today, on May 7th in 61. Oh, my and God! Hey, yeah, stop, 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 stop. Not congratulations. Happy birthday. Now, Mike, well, I know I this did, is going to be a, I, I know this is going to be a little bit obnoxious, but I don't know if I'll ever have this opportunity again. I'm going to sing you happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mike Widener. You kicked a lot of ass with Heat Wave and I-80. All right. Sorry. I don't know if I'll leave that in. I'm, I might edit it out, but that's that'll be a kind of a one-of-a-kind interaction regardless. All right. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> happy birthday, my man. 61 years old, I guess. You got it. Awesome. So, I mean, I guess just pointed questions. Like, I know a little bit about Mike Widener and Top Sires, but I will say one thing that the audience probably needs to know is you are one of the biggest Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls fan and Chicago Cubs fan, uh, you know, throughout your career in the show cattle business. You know, old my buddy Rick Fry would always, uh, you know, interact with you whenever you'd post pictures from a Cubs game or from a Bulls game. or I guess that would have been later, whenever Facebook started. But uh, I do remember in the mid-1990s, I do believe Phil Lautner took me and Chance and possibly my older brother Luke to a Chicago Bulls game. And were you there, or did you just get us tickets, Mike? I... I can't remember. I know I've taken uh, your dad numerous times uh, with Chance yep. once in a while. So I could have mm-hmm. been. I think I might have because I got the group of six tickets that day. You bet. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And, uh, I mean, this is a cattle podcast, but, I mean, game recognized game. So could you give me one interaction about the Chicago Bulls and the Michael Jordan run that nobody – your average person wouldn't know about. I mean, did you get to attend any of the championship games, or uh, did you ever get to see Michael Jordan score 67 points, or just something crazy like that? Yeah, I mean, um, I've met him. Uh, 
numerous times. And uh, you've met you've met Michael Jordan. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Being a being a season ticket holder, you're offered uh, an uh, opportunity to come and meet the team on the court, and they'll have a big seven course dinner for you. And you got a player that sits at every table, and after your meal, you're able to go and mingle with all your players that were there. Did you have to throw el- throw elbows to get to the Michael Jordan table, or or did you just have to get higher level? It was a line. It was a line, <laughs> but it was well worth it. You bet. That's amazing. I mean, he's. I mean, honestly, and I'm not trying to diminish Michael Jordan, and I can't believe we're discussing Michael Jordan right now. But <laughs> the young, the young, younger generation, say my kids, or maybe a little bit older, they wouldn't even know who the hell Michael Jordan is. Because no. uh I mean it's just just interesting how time moves on and uh you know, a new class of eighteen year olds comes every year and that's their senior year in four H or show cattle and every year a new a new generation of people is graduating out of this deal and if you're born in the year two thousand, you definitely you met- probably wouldn't have any natural recollection of Jordan. You just would remember him like me or you might remember uh, uh, Hank Aaron or a uh, or a uh, Babe Ruth in terms of you hear stories about right. him, but you never actually got to see him play live. So, right. I, I mean, there's nobody that you know can play like him. And even today's game, there ain't no comparison. That old uh, Last Dance uh, five part series they released that was truly amazing to uh, just see the Bulls through the run and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Honestly, our podcast is a little bit like The Last Dance in terms of showing your average fan of show cattle kind of the behind-the-scenes of uh, some of these personal stories that we've told over the course of our 61 right. episodes so far. So uh, it's amazing uh, we're able to put these little 5- to 10-minute podcasts out and uh, – and I'm glad that we got got us a Mike Widener to uh, kind of spread some of his industry knowledge and backstories and behind baseball uh, stories. So, anyways, we'll get back to show cattle. That was awesome talking about Michael Jordan. Uh, I know. I guess from the standpoint of your business, was it started in the 80s or the 90s, or when did you start it? Started actually uh, coming out of college in '83. Uh, yep. And what gave you the idea to? start top sires or did you have a little bit of I mean I guess you just don't start top sires uh from the standpoint of did you have like I I drove around in a car early in my career in a Volkswagen Jetta and sold semen for a minute and just built up a client list I guess what what was your start Well it started in college and there was actually maybe one or two other people with me and we bought semen, you know, back in them days, you know, you didn't have the quality, or you had the quality, maybe not the quantity of bulls that are out there today, by no means. And we went the like through the selection was The selection was a little bit narrower back then, you're saying. Oh, right? yeah. way, way, way narrower. You were only operating probably, you know, in the club cab business, 10, 15 bulls. And, you know, I worked at Eastern Iowa, and I was up there in that southwest Wisconsin area. Looks like a school at Platteville. Oh, yeah. Me and my wife were just visiting about Platteville. Just 
were you working with Bob May a little bit on like some of that Sugar Ray stuff, or what were your big sellers whenever you were just first starting to get into the business? Oh yeah, it was probably you know Sugar Ray, Black Power Play from Paul Clap, you know those type of bulls. Sure. Yep. And then I mean. What was the, I mean, did you always do it full-time, or did you farm a little bit on the side? I know you've done some pumpkin uh, selling here in the last 20 years as well. Just tell, tell us a little bit about the about your business. Oh, uh, the pumpkin deal, that started probably around 2000, and uh, we specialized probably in about, I think this year we're up to like 58 different varieties of pumpkins. Wow. But, yeah, that's our big deal for the fall. <laughs> that's cool. I did not I did not know there would be that many different varieties of pumpkins. But, uh, yeah, have you ever seen a black like pumpkin? <laughs> no, I haven't. Send me a picture. <laughs> I'll get you one. So it, absolutely. So, I mean, going back into the 90s then, like what was the first – Bull that kind of puts you on the map in terms of ownership. Was it Heat Wave or was there one earlier in your career that made you some dough? Uh, I dabbed around earlier in some bulls that never clicked, but probably the Double Trouble started it. Oh, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Double Trouble and yeah. then went into Heat Wave. I was in uh, southeast Kansas about a month ago and sat and visited with Mr. Don Coover for a good hour. And he said back in the day, the semen distributors such as yourself were more, that? there was just less people spreading semen out throughout the country. And I guess online sales would be definitely something that uh, we could visit about just in terms of how that changed the marketplace. Uh, a lot of people selling semen they don't need anymore or uh, just companies well, yeah. that I mean... sales like we sometimes do. So it's changed over the last 30 years, but there's still a lot, heck of a lot of market share out there, I guess. So, I mean, I don't want to oh, yeah. act like there's not. I mean, our our favorite two distributors, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but me and my wife's favorite two distributors are Lance Ellsworth at Cattle Visions and Mike Widener at Top Sires. And we, we, love our, we love ourselves some Don Cooper, too. I don't want to leave him out. But, I mean, we've just built good relationships with y'all, and, I mean, there's, there's no disrespect towards like a Tim Heckman, but he just simply don't do business with us. So, I mean, if people want our bulls, they got to call you or Lance or, or Don to get them shipped around. We are telling the story of Heat Wave today on the Internet. And, <coughs> I mean, Max's memory is just like my memory. It's a little bit fuzzy on certain aspects. If you could just tell your story about Heat Wave, maybe that'll help fill in some of the gray areas that Max discussed with us. Okay. Uh, it would have been probably in November. I get a call from Joe Gensini, and he says, Mike, hey, I think I got a bull that you might be interested in. And I said, is he good? And he said, pretty good. So I said, well, I'll come down tomorrow and take a look at him. So I drove down there, looked at him, and, and there he was, one of the most hairiest bulls I think I've ever seen. Yep. Um, he was probably one of the most complete bulls, maybe a little small in frame size at the time. 
Sure. So I thought, you know, this old cool. I did, I did interview uh, Joe just minutes ago, and one of the unique stories that Joe told me was is he had bought that steer for uh, like a holdover, a Fort Worth sort of a steer, and uh, that kind of lends itself to what you say about him being just a pinch more moderate. But Joe said he had bought that bull for a Fort Worth calf and uh, told Max to cut him. But when he went to pick him up there and whatever that was, October, or I, I'm not exactly sure all the dates, but uh, the bull still had his nuts in him. And Joe said, hmm, well, he might make a really good bull. And that that brings us to you. But they, there's an old ancient Chinese proverb that says, when a, when a butterfly flaps its wings in Asia, there's a hurricane in Florida. <laughs> I think they call that, I think they call that, uh, string theory or something along those lines but uh right anyhow it's just unique i mean it's like monopoly we could have stopped bidding at thirty nine thousand seven fifty was our last bid if the other team would have put their bid in at forty thousand there's a chance that we wouldn't own the bull today and i mean it's just little little judgments little little things that you don't think add to the big picture we sometimes all luck out and i guess that would be a very good way to describe it. Me and you both lucked out with a bull like Heatwave and a bull like Monopoly, and we uh, we can all have revisionist history and try to trump ourselves up and beat a dead horse and act like we were smarter than we really were. But honestly, I'm just trying to give this story the way that I see it. I was very fortunate to fall into the Monopoly deal, and I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, but I assume that you're similar in that. You just never, you just never know. So a, a $5,000 investment for you and Phil turns into a very lucrative deal, and it's just, it's just amazing that a guy can do all this planning and all this preparation, and at the end of the day, you still got to have just a little bit of luck on your side. It's got to be luck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, I, I guess we've talked about the heat wave story, and sometimes I just assume that people know how great he was. But just just to give a brief synopsis for those that may, or may be that younger generation that are just tuning in or just don't know the history of the game, I mean, heat wave won them all, and he probably won them all three or four times from about the year 2002 through about the year 2008-9. There was a five, six, seven-year run there where if it wasn't a heat wave, a man was probably surprised after after a state fair or, or American Royal or a Denver or whatever it may have been. And but right. it didn't end. It didn't end in 2008 or nine. I mean, Monopoly started to get hot in that time period, but there's always those transition years where heat waves are still winning, but maybe the breeders are starting to breed the, the next bull more and more, and you can just feel it slipping away. And I'm not telling that from your perspective. I'm saying that from the Monopoly perspective where a guy saw those, here I am starting to get bred more and more, and there's always the lag there before you see it in the pasture and then you start to see it in the show ring. So with uh, Monopoly in particular, you could start to see in 15, 16 time frame, breeders starting to use him less, starting to lean on here I am more, and that it is what it is. It's it's amazing to own those bulls that even can go on the six or seven year run. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, time is undefeated, and sooner or later they all get got kind of passed up by the next generation. So I think that right. you and I both can be you and I can both be pretty satisfied that we owned Heat Wave and Monopoly, 
And to your credit, you've owned even a heck of a lot more than that. You've owned I-80 and Patty O'Malley, and, and those bulls not only could sire you a pretty good steer, but probably made even a bigger impact in the heifer game and the show steer mama game. Right. you know, you got to look at the female, you know, side of it, too. You bet. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, like, I-80, uh, I guess just briefly about him, we're going just a little bit long, but whenever the stories are this interesting, I'm not afraid of making them a little bit longer. Uh, I-80, you and Phil bought that one from Brian Gottemiller. Uh, did you buy him directly through the sale, or did you come into him afterwards, or how did that work? No, he was uh, bought through a uh, sale that he had. And yep. I think it would have been in December, actually, that one year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just told Phil we needed to own them, own them no matter what, and so we just bought them. I said, there's got to be, a, you know, a new Cavanese bull to be used, and so we ran with it, and it just worked out again. You bet. Yeah, I mean, uh, I-80... Once again, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody that might be listening that is highly educated about what's going on, but we're trying to make this uh, easily to consume, easy to consume for people that may not be as uh, studied. And uh, just just a brief set of winners out of I-80. Uh, I just recently bought an uh, I-80 bull from the Blind Badger Ranch in in uh, Colorado, a three-quarter Maine Anjou full brother to Memphis Mafia that brings a thousand dollars a straw online. We just bought him two or three weeks ago out there in the Western market. And then, so that's a direct son of I-80. And then, uh, personal interaction would be the best I-80 cow that I've ever seen in my life is number 322 from Kendall Grimmer, mother of, uh, Simplify, Heroes and Legends, and Next Generation. And then even more recent information on I-80. I guarantee you, that there's going to be a half a dozen or more here. Uh, I am here. I 80 crosses steers that either me or Nelson England or Ricky Dixon and Jeff Trimbach are going to trade this fall. And that cross is just like the heat wave who made who cross of the early 2000s. It's the Monopoly Irish whiskey cross of the early 2010s. That I am here. I 80 cross is just simply one to tie into and tie into strong. And I guess since I mentioned I am here, I do have to mention King Cobra. King Cobra back on a clubby bred cow raised a hundred and forty thousand uh, dollars King Cobra Monopoly of Brian Martin's, and my wife became a national caliber breeder, breeding King Cobra back to her clean General Lee cow. So that's a little spiel about my bulls, but uh, it definitely included the I-80. Uh, moving on to Patty O'Malley. Here's my personal story about Patty O'Malley, Mike, and then I'll give you the floor. In 2008, in 2000, let's see here, it's 2007, in 2008. Charlie Wilson went on one of the most legendary runs of any sh- young show person in the country ever. He wins grand champion maintainer at uh, Maine Junior National two years running, uh, once in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and then the following year, I believe it was in Des Moines, uh, grand champion maintainer, and those two heifers were Patty O'Malley out of a, I believe, a Maine Angus cow from... Uh, Gabe Weaver, Gabe and Nick Weaver from Mobile, Iowa in year two was a Patty O'Malley back on a heat wave cow from uh, Rob Wolf of Scranton, Iowa. So don't ask me how in the heck I can remember those pedigrees 13 or 14 years after the fact, Mike, but uh, I've had major success with all three of your major hits. I don't think that I ever had a double trouble, but uh, I did have major success with heat wave, 
We won the uh, Louisville North American Reserve overall in 2006 underneath Judge Jim Williams with uh, Andrew Jaroche of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. We felt like young punks that day. We went in there and we did good. And then moving on to IAD with his uh, influence in the My Bulls Next Gen Heroes and Legends and uh, Simplify, and then concluding with Charlie Wilson's wins at uh, 2007 and 2008 Maintainer Junior Nationals. So, Mike, I just want to tell you this before I let you uh, finish up here. Thank you for all those bulls you've been buying over the last 25 years. You've made my career a lot easier with them bulls. Thank you, Mike. Nah, I thank you. You bet. You betcha. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's always good to remember the present and look towards the future, but, I mean, there's just a lot of young kids spread out across the country that need to know these old stories and kind of the history of the game, uh, you know, because there'll be kids just like me. They go through their young punk stage, and they just need to be respectful of those that that kind of set the platter for the current stage of what we're where we're at in the uh, show cattle game. So right, time I to guess be absolutely, yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess I don't have a whole lot more for you if you're satisfied. In conclusion, uh, Mike Widener, outside of the MLC and possibly uh, Shireman Vet Services of Indiana, does a very strong job of marketing their uh, company online on Facebook. I do appreciate all the 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 pictures and videos and stuff that Mike shares around on his Facebook on Top Sires. Uh can you give your website address and your personal telephone or your order line for the for the company? And then uh I know that one thing that is popular throughout the the spring as I'm on the road is your your monthly online specials. Whenever we go up to Michigan or wherever it may be, that is a marketing platform that has served you well. And I'm trying to give you credit for it. So go ahead and give your uh, Facebook website and telephone number, Mike. Okay, on Facebook, it's just Topsires. Website is topsires.com. Uh, order line would be area code 630-365-6859. And we usually run our specials when we go to major shows. You know, our object is to move yep. volume. And try to save a person, you know, a buck or two. You betcha. Yep. Okay, last thing finishing up. Uh, I was just visiting with Nick Pruitt this morning. He said he worked for you for a couple of years. I know back in the day, old Megan Gushin, that used to date Kyle Polyak, worked for you for a minute. She now is living in uh, Nebraska with uh, married Ricky Rosenboom. They have a heck of a show pig operation. But uh, old Scott Lee sometimes travels with you to the Ohio Beef Festival. Oh, yeah, my buddy Scotty. You bet, yeah. So, yeah, well, that sounds good. I think this podcast went amazing. It went long, and you know what that means? It was interesting. So uh, thank you very much, Mr. Widener, and uh, can't wait to continue to do good business with you going forward. And if me and my kiddos ever make it towards Chicago, we want to take you to a Chicago Bulls game or a uh, Chicago Bears game or a Chicago Cubs game. You are a Cubs fan, right, not a White Sox fan? You betcha. Cubs game. You bet. You bet. Thank you very much, Mike. We'll be in touch. Thank you, Matt. Have a good day.